Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to another edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast, solo edition. I'm your host for tonight, JC DeLeon. Ethan is off for this episode, although if you're following the game tonight versus the Charlotte Hornets, you'll see that he was manning the Hoopball Lakers Twitter account, and he had a really astute observation that I'm going to get to here in a little bit as I talk about the game tonight. But, well, once again, I'm your host, JC DeLeon, for this edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast, here to give my thoughts on the Lakers' last couple of games versus Portland, which was a forgettable experience, and tonight versus the Charlotte Hornets, which, although it ended up with a win, gave us pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good amount of things to talk about tonight, so that is what we're going to go ahead and get into. We don't need to talk much about the Portland Trailblazers game from this past weekend. Every NBA season, every NBA team has a couple of games. 82 games is a lot of games. There's bound to be one or two games in which, right from the get-go, it's just not your night. Russell Westbrook shot 1 for 13 on this night. Anthony Davis in addition to the right thumb injury that he's been dealing with lately, uh, also had a little bit of a stomach bug. He only played seven minutes in that game, only scored two points. Just a pretty dreadful game all around. The one, the one positive, if you can call it a positive, is the leading scorer for that game was Malik Monk. And so, pretty nice seeing some signs of life out of him. But for the most part, just a pretty dreadful night against the Portland Trailblazers, who, much like the Lakers, have a really similar record. After tonight, the Lakers are now six and five. The Portland Trailblazers are five and five. That five and five puts the Portland Trailblazers right on the outside of the playoff picture. And yep, and if you're following closely, that unfortunately does mean that the Lakers, as of right now, if the playoffs were to begin today. Los Angeles Lakers are your 8th seed. Not ideal. Not an ideal situation. But as we've talked about ad nauseum throughout the beginning of this young season so far, the Lakers have yet to be complete. LeBron James is out for presumably a week with an abdominal strain. Earlier this week, Ethan Noroff highlighted an article written in The, uh, in the Athletic in which uh, Bill Oram... Uh, was commenting on a YouTube video posted by a medical doctor who posits that a rectus abdominis strain that LeBron likely has is not a one-week injury. It's a six- to eight-week injury. Now, of course, whether or not that's true, 
remains to be seen. To me, it seemed like the news of LeBron James with an abdominal strain sort of came out of nowhere because he finished that Houston Rockets game and he looked damn healthy throughout that game playing extremely well. So I don't know when that injury occurred. I don't know, you know, what else was behind it. But, yeah, for now, it looks as though the Lakers are going to be without LeBron for about a week. And so it's been two games so far. But on the bright side, Wayne Ellington is back. And he's, he's you know, contributed some. He's had a, a couple of good uh, good moments. had a good night tonight. Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be back pretty soon. Remains to be seen where he'll be able to fit in, but I have some thoughts on that. Uh, I have some thoughts on that and where Taylor might be able to fit in in the closing lineup. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, uh, once once LeBron comes back, presumably once LeBron comes back, when THT is healthy, Trevor Ariza still needs to come back. His contribution area... Remains to be seen where he'll be most effective. He may end up being kind of that West Matthews veteran who's not going to play as many minutes. But, yeah, either way, like we said time and time again so far this season, this is any grade you give the Lakers on their performance is going to come with a caveat. And really the best you can do is give them an incomplete. However... There are some things that are inexcusable. And the Lakers had a 14-point lead really late in the game. There was a bizarre sequence in which LaMelo Ball was given five free throws in a row. He got fouled, dribbling the ball when the Lakers were in the bonus. Then there was a delay of game. Then there was a technical. And then there was another technical. And so that resulted in... At one point, a 10-point lead being cut to a 5-point lead with no time taken off the clock. And I've never seen a 5-point play in the NBA. I probably will never see one again. I've never seen one player take that many free throws in a row. It was bizarre. But, so let's talk about the games. That, that game tonight. So, Lakers won in overtime. They did give up a 14-point lead, as was talked about a second ago. That's been a big problem for this team, is giving up leads. And I have some theories as to why. They've given, they gave up big leads twice against Oklahoma City, and now tonight against Charlotte. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's pretty evident to me. Now, I will try really hard throughout this season to, to embrace the Russell Westbrook experience because I know that... It is it is what we as Laker fans have to deal with. And whether you're happy about the move or whether you hate the move, you've got to make peace with it. And I, I don't necessarily hate the move. I 
I would have gone other ways. You can follow my Twitter account. You can see the type of lineup that I was envisioning for this Laker team. And for all the good that Russell Westbrook does, there's so much bad. And frustratingly bad. Really terrible decision-making in crunch time is maybe the biggest bad. And it's the reason why I don't think... Tonight the Lakers were a little bit hamstrung. Rajon Rondo was playing one of the best games of of the season so far. His plus-minus was plus 20 when he was in the game. There was a lineup with Rondo, Mello, Wayne Ellington, I believe Malik Monk, and possibly Austin Reeves. I don't remember fully. But when Rondo was in the game, he was just running the offense masterfully. Didn't score a point, had eight assists, only grabbed one rebound, only had one steal, had a block. But plus 20, he was just running the offense magnificently. There were times he could tell he was trying to get an alley-oop to Anthony Davis and just would keep manipulating the offense until he got an alley-oop to to Anthony Davis. I believe whatever minutes Carmelo Anthony plays this season must, must be shared with at least one of LeBron James or Rajon Rondo. Russell Westbrook can take him or leave him with Carmelo Anthony, but... I don't think that Russell Westbrook should be a part of the closing lineup for the Lakers. You know, I don't mind if come playoff time, the close, the, the playoff lineup is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Rajon Rondo, and whoever whoever the hottest shooter is from the rest of the team. Whether it be Ellington, whether it be Monk, hell, whether it be Reeves. Or whether it be THT, who we haven't seen so far this year. Like, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, two things should be obvious. He should not share the floor with Rajon Rondo. And I don't think he should be in the closing minutes lineup. I know it'll probably hurt his feelings. He's one of the greatest NBA players ever. I know. But I just don't think he belongs in the closing lineup. And tonight he had a triple-double, shot 5 for 15, 7 turnovers, most of them at really bad times, <laughs> but it is what it is. A great night for Anthony Davis. Still might be struggling with that thumb, still shooting way too many threes, 0 for 3 for him tonight from 3, but did grab 12 rebounds and 4 assists, 3 steals, 5 Five blocks. Pretty bad night for Kent Bazemore. Didn't contribute much offensively. Had a couple of good defensive moments. Uh, Fantastic game for DeAndre Jordan tonight, I thought. Only played 11 minutes, but in those 11 minutes, shot four for four. A couple of really nice alley-oops. I remember when it came to DeAndre Jordan... I believe it was me or Ethan. One of us made the joke about how how can you be seven foot tall and never grab any rebounds. That's not the case with DeAndre Jordan on this Laker team. He's a rebound grabbing machine. He grabbed eight rebounds in the 11 minutes he was out there, scored 10 points. Just 
did everything you want him to do in the amount of minutes that he's going to play. Avery Bradley, great defensive game tonight. Didn't do a lot offensively. He had eight points, made a couple of threes, but his biggest contribution was going to be uh, defense. Ball game, or ball game ball of the night goes to Carmelo Anthony. 37 minutes, shot 9 for 13, 7 for 10 from 3. Three rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. One assist, one, one steal, one block. Fantastic minutes for him. As the better he plays, the angrier, the angrier I get that this is only his first season as a Laker, not his third. He shouldn't have spent any time in Portland. The minute, the minute Oklahoma City waved him, I now can't remember. I, can, I now can't remember whether or not LeBron James was was a Laker or a Cavalier. But the minute that Oklahoma, that the minute that Houston. I said Oklahoma City. The minute that Houston waved Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James should have been right there with him and just snatched him up and never left his side. So, so night for for Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is concerning me a little bit. He's, I mean, he is a couple years older, but he's not having the impact that he had in the championship year. At least not so far. I've already talked about Rondo. Plus 20 for the night. Wayne Ellington, great defensive night, too. He was plus 21. Biggest plus minus of the night for him. Eight points. Uh, shot two for three from three. Just really timely. When you need a bucket, he's there. Malik Monk. Malik Monk might have been motivated a little bit uh, by revenge to, to play pretty well against his old team. He had 10 points. Had a really great uh, half-court buzzer at the end of the third quarter. Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves, Alex Caruso 2.0, taller than Alex Caruso, maybe not as athletic, just as savvy, just as hardworking, he scored eight points, didn't make any three-pointers, but just kind of is everywhere, took a couple of charges, was just kind of making all the effort plays, and his energy and his effort, you can tell, is clearly infectious and really helps out the team. And the players and the fans really, really love him. So back to that astute observation that Ethan had while he was running the Hoop Ball Lakers Twitter account tonight. And it's about Carmelo Anthony. And he said that the Lakers might very well be winless had they not signed Carmelo Anthony. And man, that's so true. (laughs) That's so true. And it's... I guess you could say it's a bad sign for the Lakers, but again, incomplete grade. Yeah, the Lakers could very well be completely winless if it weren't for Carmelo Anthony. And I can only imagine what NBA Twitter and the the drama that surrounds this league would be saying about a winless Laker team at this point, especially given that Golden State is 9-1 and one after tonight, which is just bonkers. Golden State being 9-1. and one. And Klay Thompson isn't even back yet. Gary Payton is playing like Sean Kemp, not like Gary Payton at all. Draymond is even playing so-so. And the Warriors are just still doing it. Which it does kind of lead me to the rest of the pack in the West. So... 
Last episode, I think we talked about how Phoenix was struggling, and that was a surprise to some people. They seem to have righted the ship. They're now 6-3, and three, and they sit at that 4 spot. Utah is about where they were last year, number 2 at 7-3. The Mavericks, surprising people, I think, surprising people, um, at 7-3 and three as well. Grizzlies also have 6 wins, but they have 4 losses. The Nuggets have six wins, also four losses. The Clippers are ahead of the Lakers with only five wins, but they have four losses, whereas the Lakers have six wins, but five losses. Now, it's all still really early. You know, it's it's hard to imagine Portland not making the playoffs. And as far as the playoff picture... Sacramento's 5-6, and six, and then you have Oklahoma City, Minnesota, San Antonio, Houston, New Orleans. Most of the time, the playoff race is a 10-team race. I don't see Sacramento really competing for the playoff spot at all. And Portland is currently, in the, currently ranked 9th. And so, the top 9 in the West, I think, is going to be what it is, and they're just going to be fighting for seeding at that point. And as hard as it might be to imagine, the Lakers might not have home court advantage at any the point any point in the playoffs. It's hard to see them leapfrogging Phoenix to get into that fourth seed. But you never know what's going to happen with Phoenix or Dallas. I think Golden State and Utah are going to remain number two, one and two. So how should we feel about the Lakers? It's kind of the big question that I feel like, as Lakers fans, we have to contend with. Where exactly we feel about where they're at currently. And it's just such a hard question to really answer because of the incompleteness of the roster. When THT comes back, assuming he'll probably have some some rust to fight off, but once he's fully ready to to compete and play at, at his at his highest, I talked about the the impact that Rondo has had masterfully running the offense without scoring a lot of points. My hope for THT is that he can run the second unit. And that he can run the second unit while A, giving Russell Westbrook more rest, and B, making sure that, not necessarily making sure, but making it so that Russell Westbrook doesn't necessarily have to play so many of the closing minutes. I understand that he's going to finagle his way into the onto the court towards the end of games. But if THT can basically almost do kind of what Rondo does, but in a more efficient way while scoring more points than Rondo is capable of doing while playing amazing defense, that's going to make this team an amazing team. What helps the second unit is when there's a good point guard 
managing and running the offense so that Carmelo Anthony can do what he does. And so I talked about that closing lineup. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't mind if it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, either Rajon Rondo or Taylor Horton Tucker, or like Avery Bradley, someone who's just strong on defense, who can make a three. If Wayne Ellington can prove to be that, it'd be great if it was him. But, yeah, there are things that this coaching staff can definitely explore with without relying so much on Russell Westbrook. And I think that's the key. Triple-double Russell Westbrook is fine. Triple-double Russell Westbrook does mean that he's distributing the ball. He's grabbing rebounds. He's leading an up-tempo offense. And yeah, he's scoring more than 10 points. Triple-double Russell Westbrook, I don't think, needs to... He doesn't need to have 30-point triple-doubles. I believe he had a 14-point triple-double tonight. He had a 17-point triple-double tonight. And that's, I think, his sweet spot. And even with that, he still shot 5 for 15, which is whatever. <laughs> with seven turnovers. His sweet spot is 15 to 20 points. If he gets 10 rebounds, fine. Doesn't need 10 rebounds. But if he could do 15 and 10 points and assists with a healthy LeBron James... That's the sweet spot. But we'll see if they can get to that point. They might not. As far as what the Lakers have coming up, luckily for them, they've got four games left on their homestand before they have to go on a pretty lengthy road trip. Uh, They play the Miami Heat on Wednesday, which potentially could be an interesting matchup because they played the the Denver Nuggets tonight and got involved in a pretty serious fight. Nikola Jokic blindsided Markeith Morris and pushed him from the back and possibly gave him some pretty serious whiplash. And so presumably Markeith Morris is not going to be available for the Heat next game. It's possible that the Heat could face some other suspensions due to how Jimmy Butler acted after that happened. I don't know if any members of the Miami Heat came off the bench. It's possible Udonis Haslam did, but, I mean, he would, wouldn't really, really matter. He doesn't really play. But, yeah, it's possible that the Miami Heat um, might be shorthanded when they, play the, when they come into Los Angeles on Wednesday. And the Miami Heat are one of the best teams in the league, you guys. I suspected they would be really good. I didn't think they'd be quite this good. They're currently 7-3 and three and number 2 in the East. They have the league's best point differential, or they used to. Golden State currently has the best uh, point differential at 13.7. But at 8.6, Miami Heat are no slouch. And they actually had close to a 16-point point differential if not for one game 
they played against Boston, and we talked about how most NBA teams have a game in which they just put up a stinker. And they put up a stinker against Boston, in which they lost by a lot and pretty much obliterated their lead in point differential. So as accurate as that number is, it's also a pretty innocuous number this early in the season. But the Miami Heat are really good. After that, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then the San Antonio Spurs in a one of those weird Sunday games, 3.30 tip-off, and weird things happen on Sundays. Uh, then they play the Chicago Bulls on Monday, November 15th. And that Bulls team is going to be the first time Alex Caruso comes back to the Staples Center. I miss him. I miss him so much. <laughs> now, the $64,000 question, when will LeBron James come back? We don't quite know as of yet. It was reported a week, and if it's going to be a week, he should be back for that Minnesota Timberwolves game. Seeing as how Minnesota and San Antonio should be more winnable than the Heat and the Bulls games, I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron wait until that Bulls game Monday, November 15th. Especially because you know he wants to have that jersey exchange with Alex Caruso. So whether or not he'll be back, um, you know, that'll give him a week and three extra days. Two extra days. Yeah, two extra days plus a week if he comes back for that uh game against the Bulls. But like I said, we don't know when LeBron will come back and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later because Lakers definitely need him, just like this podcast is uh, better when Ethan and I are both on. The Lakers need uh, LeBron James, <laughs> but Ethan will be back uh, to record the next episode solo, and then he and I will be on together after that. I don't know when, uh, but until then, you can follow me on Twitter at jcdeleon one That's also my Instagram handle. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. You could follow the show at Hoopball Lakers on Twitter. Follow all the Hoopball accounts, Bird Rights Podcast, ton of great stuff over at Hoopball. Just go over to Hoopball.com and check out everything we've got to offer. Everything your basketball loving heart will can possibly desire is on that site. Gambling, fantasy, it's all there. And until next time, we are out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.